the question is always a matter of, hey, was it the finish line that felt so good or was it everything that went into getting to that finish line that felt so good? And so when you cross it, you've got to do some self-reflecting to say, um, hey, that journey, it's not there anymore. You know, that process isn't there anymore because I've crossed the finish line. And so I think for all of us, whether it's a 5K or a 10K or anything we're really chasing in life that's kind of goal-oriented or improving ourselves, we're really hungry for what, what takes us to the finish line. Hello and welcome to 30 Yard Dash. This is your podcast host, Annie Merritt, and I'm coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. 30 Yard Dash features sports and wellness professionals sharing with you their stories, what they value in their career and in their life, the relationships they've built along the way, and they might even share with you what goals they have for the future. 30 Yard Dash is meant to motivate you to thrive in your career and in your life, and maybe even push you to take that step that might have seemed unrealistic before. So sit back, relax, and here we go. I sit with Casey and Trevor as they unpack their 100-day running experience in a three-part series. Yes, that is three parts. So make sure that you listen to episodes two, three, and four in that order so that you can hear the full story. It started as a drive to raise awareness, share conversations, and learn about systemic racism. A passion and a craving for social justice soon turned into quite literally a local movement. So Casey and Trevor take us on this 1,000-mile journey. Yes, 1,000 miles on foot, also known as 1001 City. This was in Indianapolis, and it was an idea that transformed into action in just 24 hours. Along the way, New Shoe Day was born to motivate Indianapolis residents to get back on their feet. So check out this series, which is episodes two, three, and four, to learn about Casey and Trevor's race towards social justice and see what's next for New Shoe Day. Hello, and welcome to 30 Yard Dash. We are here with Casey Krause and Trevor DeWitt. They are the creators of 1001 City and New Shoe Day, which we will get all into the details of that. How are y'all doing today? Doing great. Glad to be here. Great, great. Happy to be here. Coming at you from Denver, Colorado, uh, usually hometown in Indianapolis. This is Trevor. Uh, looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being here. Casey, where are you today? Yeah, so I'm here in Carmel, Indiana, just north of Indianapolis. So I'm, I'm missing my boy Trevor right now. He's, But he is in my favorite state, maybe. Um, so well done, Trevor. Yeah, absolutely. Both beautiful places, home of the Greyhounds, Casey. Go Hounds. <laughs> Go Hounds, let's go. (laughs) That is our, um, Casey and I went to the same high school at different times, and that is our mascot, for those of you that don't know. Um, So yeah, I guess we'll just lean right into it. Um, So Casey, again, and Trevor have been friends 
for a good amount of time, which I will let them explain, um, and got together during this pandemic and created what is now 1001 City and eventually leaned into New Shoe Day. Um, so we'll get all into the details of that, but first just want to know about each of your backgrounds a little bit um, for us to learn more about you. So this is a very, it's a big mix of an athletic and political and social project, I would say. Um, so just to start, I would love to learn more about your athletic journey growing up. So each of you, if you want to go, um, Trevor, we'll start with you. All right. So I'm happy to say I'm likely finally in better shape than I was in high school, and I thought that was never going to be the case. Uh, I'm still a few pounds heavier than then, but I'll take you through the journey. So growing up, played primarily baseball and basketball. I ended up playing baseball all the way through high school, and Casey and I have kind of connected on that at, at times, talking about our uh, high school baseball glory days. Uh, and by glory days, I mean uh, me massaging the bench and uh, cheering on my teammates. So <clears throat> I, I grew up, um, with a love of baseball, but you know, not the most talented, not the, the first guy to get picked on, um, backyard baseball teams, but I worked hard and that's still something I enjoyed doing. I think it's part of the, the impetus for our project was pushing yourself, working hard. Uh, so we'll get into that later on, but in eighth grade, I ended up playing, I think, five or six sports uh, just to, to get them all out of the way. Played uh, baseball, basketball, wrestling, uh, football, and track, and quickly realized, you know, there's only one going into high school. And so I kind of whittled down to baseball. Um, I'll leave that at kind of my sports summary. Uh, the only other thing would be I ended up kind of calling it in uh, at the end of my junior year, knowing that I wasn't going to play college ball. Uh, just priority shifted, was kind of getting ready for college and, and started working a part-time job. So considering the fact that I was on the bench anyways, and was a little bit tired of some of the like, honestly, social and political uh, elements in our uh, hometown of just like how you ended up, you know, on teams, everyone kind of knows their own uh, small town, hometown stories of, of sports and the competition there. But eventually I just realized my priorities were elsewhere and, and did not end up playing my senior year. Nice. I actually had a similar experience in high school ended um, not finishing my senior year and it felt good, honestly, to just have fun. Yeah. I don't regret it at all. It, you know, I, I made friends in new ways. I mean, I, I started being more interested in some of my academics, which was probably helpful looking back at it, knowing I wasn't going to go, you know, be a star player anywhere, but certainly have kept on the intramural field since then. Awesome. So currently, um, you experienced this large run. Um, so would you consider yourself a runner? And if so, how did you get into that um, coming from a majority of a, I know you said you did track, but a majority of a baseball background. Yeah. So I always like to tell people that I was never a runner and I still kind of had the hardest time considering myself a runner until I realized that we were putting up some pretty crazy mileage and <laughs> I had all the character traits of a runner, even the annoying ones at, at times. So I have, uh, had the gear that, you know, you don't think you need. I had, all the nutrition, we're talking about it, you know, in our free time, uh, realizing that, you know, it, it's something I'm actually growing to really love. 
so yes, I'm a runner now. Uh, and Casey was probably calling me that before I was, I, I think there was probably a specific time, maybe six months in the middle of last year where I was like, I don't know, man, I'm not a runner. And then I think he knew I'll let him tell the story a little bit later about when he knew that I was hooked. Uh, it's a good one. But outside of that, uh, our baseball team ran more than anyone in our school. So wow. we actually had, <laughs> we had our track team, we had our wrestlers, we had people not even trying out for baseball training with us in the winter. Oh, no way. Um, <laughs> so the track team would literally train with us and then just kind of cut out on baseball tryouts and then go to track tryouts because we worked harder than them. Um, our coach was a college wrestling coach. And so he was just kind of a gritty uh, push the team. It was, it was all mental, right? So like, yeah, you could get in good shape and be physically tough to, to run and lead the pack. But like, he was just going to keep kicking you while you're down just to see what you had in you. Right. And so that, that was my ex kind of early experience with running. And then pretty much from then until last year, I, I probably didn't run, you know, more than a, I don't know, under 50 miles a year for sure. But like, you know, a few miles here and there just to pretend I was getting fitness in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for sharing all that. Uh, Casey, what about you? What was your athletic journey like growing up? Yeah. So I grew up the youngest of three kids, uh, definitely in a household where it, you know, it was expected that whatever we were involved in, we, we gave it our all. Um, that was kind of a characteristic for just on the home front. Um, you know, you commit to something, you follow through and, and being the youngest, I had an older brother that's six years older than me and, and a sister that's uh, that, that four years older than me. Um, I was the charged up one of the bunch and naturally had a pretty competitive spirit. Um, so for me growing up, ball was life. Uh, I loved soccer, <laughs> basketball, and baseball growing up through high school that turned into, um, basketball and baseball. Um, and, uh, baseball became my passion. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, I had dreams of going and playing college ball, uh, still consider maybe my dream sport. Uh, maybe the, if I could chase a dream right now, even it'd be to be a professional baseball player. I just love the sport. Um, I'm sitting here with a, with a baseball on my desk. Um, so, uh, it hasn't left me too much, but, uh, so I grew up playing ball and, um, it, when I went off to college, I had, I had some, some potential offers to play, um, had a couple walk-on spots that I could have taken. I went to Indiana university, um, could have walked on there and actually, uh, you know, my, I'd say my ball career kind of ended there when I decided to take my efforts and, and focus on uh, something else in college that I was just as passionate about. And that's um, the Indiana University dance marathon scene that Annie, I know you were very involved in too. It's kind of the impetus to our, to our friendship. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, so my ball career kind of ended there. And uh, as I uh, came out of college and became a young professional uh, my competitive spirit never, never left me. Um, and because there's kind of, you know, no varsity teams to make anymore, I had to figure out where to drive that energy. Um, lucky enough, my brother, he, he's a cyclist and, um, he gave me one of his old bikes. He said, here, go ride this. Um, 
and I think within under a year after that, I did my first uh, half Ironman race and I was hooked on the endurance uh, kind of sports scene. Um, so dove, dove head first and in, into biking and running and swimming and uh, spent the next, oh, I don't know, five, six years um, doing triathlons and, and doing Ironmans and um, competed at a pretty good level. I think I finished maybe a dozen half Ironmans. I did uh, two full Ironmans and um, it was an incredible time. I, I, I look back on it and it, it just, you know, I, it took me around the country. It, it ended up taking me around the world and uh, it was so fun. Eventually I just became uh, so enthralled with the running side and uh, you know, I'm, I'm one to not sit still and I'm constantly moving, running, walking anyways and uh that took that took hold so um running's been the name of the game since then um you know when i turned 30 um i hit by then i had i had done some marathons and when i turned 30 i don't i don't know what it was about turning 30 but um i just remember <laughs> you know you 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 take a look at your life when you hit those decade years and you just kind of say oh man um you know, what's next? I got to do something next here. And, and, um, I remember writing it out on a, on a post-it note with check boxes next to it, but I decided that I was going to run every distance, a race from a marathon to a hundred mile race in, by the time I was 31. Uh, wow. Did, did not seem possible to me at the time, which was, uh, you know, something I've, I've done that a couple of times in my life. And, and what we'll talk about today is in relation to that. So, uh, you know, so over the course of the year, um, uh, ran a, ran a marathon, ran a 50 K ran a 50 miler, ran a hundred K and then, uh, capped it off with a hundred mile ultra marathon and, um, had two months to spare. So in that two months, uh, Danica and I welcomed our first son. So it was, it was an incredible year. Um, and looking back kind of on that athletic part of my life, um, something I'll definitely never forget. So, yeah, absolutely. That many people can say they've done all of that, especially in the short amount of time that you did it. And you brought up Remy, your son, uh, is probably one of the cutest kids I've ever met. So, um, yeah, that's awesome for you and Danica. What a great year. Yeah, it was like, it, maybe I'll look back on that and um, it probably beat me up uh, more than I, I imagine. Maybe I'll realize that in my 60s and 70s, but um, there's still nothing more tiring than than welcoming a new new child into your life. And sure. uh, we're, we're, we're super excited. Um, we'll be uh, welcoming another child uh, at the end of the year. So uh, I look forward to that to that race as well. <laughs> Congratulations. I did not know that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing all that. You brought up that you're, you two are expecting and that's a race of its own, but do you have any more athletic races in your future, near future? Oh, so there's a 50 K, um, Trevor, I don't even know if we've talked about this yet. So this is a good time to talk about it. Are you signed up for that 50 K in October? <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Can't wait to see you there. Yeah, we should probably talk about our training plan. I'll, I'll be there. I will uh, I will say I won't be there, but I'll be cheering y'all on from the sidelines. I don't know. <laughs> By the end of this this call, you, you might be signed up. So just, just get ready. All right. All right. Well, we'll see. Um, cool. Well, let's just lead into, again, political and social experience growing up. So um, by that, I mean... Um, kind of how you were raised in your families, what conversations you had maybe at the dinner table with your families about politics, or if you didn't, and what was your social experience like with all of that? So if Trevor, Trevor, if you wouldn't mind starting. Sure. Happy to. Growing up, I'm, I didn't go much into my family during the, the chat about high school, but I'm an only child. I grew up in Southern Indiana, uh, just outside of Evansville. So I, you know, relatively conservative household. Uh, we really didn't talk politics much, and nor were there really a lot of assumptions. I would say we were pretty uh, apolitical, just not really digging into it much. And so I would say that is probably carried on um, for better sure. or worse. So at times it feels uh, like I'm not doing enough to educate myself to stay uh, up to date with you know what's going on in the world. Uh, that's selfish at times, I know, just because it takes a lot of your energy. It takes a lot of your, um, you know, it takes selflessness. It takes, you know, you caring about issues to decide to go dig into them. And so we'll get into that in a little bit. But for me, uh, just probably pretty typical Indiana upbringing, um, which has been interesting, you know, coming into the time we're in now, uh, I would say my views have certainly changed. And I think we all experience pretty drastic changes when you go off to college, uh, you meet people from across the country. I, I went to Purdue University. So going from Southern Indiana to Purdue to then living in Indianapolis, you don't get a huge uh, change in scenery, you know, in terms of society, in terms of socioeconomic status. I grew up, you know, very thankfully, uh, kind of middle to upper middle class, uh, have worked for everything I've done, but, you know, have not struggled at all. And so that definitely forms you as a person. And so for me, that is one of the reasons why I like to challenge myself now to put hard situations in front of me. Uh, and that doesn't always have to be physical, right? So that kind of mindset can be emotional, it can be in your relationships too. And so I think um, even between Casey and I or between other close friends of mine, uh, you know, having conversations with people that are different from you is kind of the biggest first step to take, you know, at least for me is to hear, uh, about different opinions. You know, my, my girlfriend lives in Denver, you know, I'm still in Indianapolis. So there are very differing views, you know, in those two cities on, uh, socioeconomic racial stances, all things. So just having conversations with people you trust and love and knowing that, you know, your relationship comes first and you care about the opinions of others, I think is where it's easiest for me to start. And just to realize that I haven't, you know, I don't have to assume all the political views I was taught growing up that we're all constantly in search of kind of educating ourselves and, you know, doing best to love each other is, is kind of my mindset. And that should cross party lines. It should cross, you know, firm beliefs you have, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. And Casey, um, your experience with politics and um, social life growing up, what was that like for you and your family? Yeah, well, I'll start off by saying, you know, Trevor, I think that's just very well said. Um, I've told you this before, and I, I think it's important for everyone listening just to understand, um, 
you know, through Trevor and I's friendship, we've, we've had this conversation and he's, um, he's, he's described it as exactly how he described it to you. And it's just, I appreciate his honesty and his candor with that. Um, and as, as our friendship has grown, we've realized that we, we grew up pretty similarly in that manner. Um, you know, I grew up in a, in a, uh, upper middle-class family in a very, very affluent community. Um, we live in, uh, our community is essentially a bubble when you compare it to, uh, a lot of, you know, the rest of the country, if you wish. Um, everything we have is here. Every, you know, everything is so simple and easy and convenient and um, resources are abound. Um, what I appreciate greatly about my upbringing, though, is that, um, you know, my parents, we lived by the principle of um, you have to work for um, essentially anything. Uh, it started with respect. Uh, it, you know, they, they, they did everything to keep us protected and safe and, um, you know, in, in a sense gave us everything we ever wanted, but that was first and foremost out of, uh, we provided respect and a respect of that and everything that they worked for, for us. And there's a lot of lessons in there as a kid, you know, as a, as a teenager, maybe you don't always see that. Um, but they were so level headed in raising us, um, us children. And, and I look back on that, at just being so grateful. And I carry a lot of that with me to today. Like Trevor said, you know, just the, the hard work ethic, the consistency of, um, showing up without an expectation to be given anything, but first look to um, serve those around you. And that's something that, you know, my parents and, and even my older brother and older sister, that um, they instilled in me whether they tried to or not. And that level of character uh, is it's something that I think about often. And I think about um, how I... Um, you know, proceed in this world as a, as a friend, as a, as a professional, as a, as a father and as a husband is, is how can I think of doing things similar, you know, um, for those around me and the generations to come up after me. Um, similar to Trevor, you know, uh, politics weren't really discussed at the, at family dinner. Um, it, it just, it, and, or maybe it was, and I just don't really remember it that much, you know, um, but it wasn't something that was uh, front of mind all the time. And um, to me, growing up, politics was, uh, you know, really something that I was learning about in, uh, you know, my American history or uh, classes of, of different ranges. And um, I would say that my exposure to politics was more broadly um, opened up when I was in college uh, during uh, some election years. So I was in college, you know, essentially from 2006 to 2010. Uh, so um, was able to, uh, at the campus of IU, see uh, what that looks like from the standpoint of an election on a campus. And I've always thought it'd be a great opportunity to be able to see that among different campuses in the country um, during that time, just to see how, you know, how you could compare uh, what your community is like to another one. Um, I've never really been actively or, or politically involved in any organizations per se. 
Um, and you know, I would say that that's, um, coming into light now as, uh, you know, not only at the, the birth of this project, but, um, the way our generation is capable of such meaningful change in our country moving forward. Um, and that I have the ability to have a role in that. And when we have that ability, I think that first and foremost, um, you just can't sit on the sidelines, you know, like Trevor said, um, it's important that we have those conversations. And to me, that is, uh, the world we live in right now is that, you know, first and foremost in, in politics is those conversations need to be had and, in any way, shape, or form, have them as humans first, um, and then see where it takes you. And, and over the past few months, you know, we've experienced um, a lot of that, a lot of that for sure. So, thank you both for being honest and sharing those thoughts, um, especially being vulnerable and sharing how you grew up. I grew up in a similar fashion in a conservative household, um, where questions were always welcomed. Um, but I was never really encouraged to have my own opinion. And so once conversations regarding systemic racism and social justice started to increase within the past few months, um, I was, I felt overwhelmed. I knew I wanted to be a part of it and I didn't know how. Um, And Casey, I haven't told you this and Trevor, um, this is the first time we're actually having a conversation, but I was talking with my brother and I was like, you know, Casey Krause is a leader. Like that's what he does. He's starting this thing called 1001 City and you were seeing things on social media encouraging you to have conversations. Um, And Trevor, as you said, it's a great place to start with your friends and family, people you're comfortable with. Um, But questions are encouraged. Like education isn't always easy, but that's what we need to do. Um, and so I was inspired by you, Casey and you, Trevor, both starting this thing called 1001 city and Casey, we actually had conversations about it. Um, and I was trying to figure out, I wanted to be involved in it. I was trying to figure out how I never was during the process, but I'm excited to be sharing this today. Um, and just overall, like you both said, you need to have conversations and you need to be honest. And I think this in itself right here is your whole project as a whole. You being honest about how you grew up and talking about it right here is an example of that. Yeah. And Annie, you know, props to you, Annie, like you, you're taking such action in and of yourself to create this platform and this median for people like Trevor and I to have this conversation and then that conversation be, you know, shared and, and, and you're willing to show up, you know, um, it's, it's been so impressive to watch the creation and, and the hype around this podcast. And when you, when you gave me that call, um, to, to be, you know, to, to say, Hey, would, would you and Trevor want to be on this? I, I'll never forget it. And I'll never forget, um, calling Trevor and just being so excited. So, Thank you for for what you're doing, for sure. Well, thanks. You're gassing me up over here. That actually means a lot. So thanks for saying that. Um, So I really want to get into 
this whole project that we've been leading into. But before that, I think it's important that listeners know how y'all met. So Trevor, if you wouldn't mind explaining the story of how you and Casey met and kind of what the basis of your friendship is like now. Happy to. Casey and I actually worked together uh, full-time at Edge Mentoring. I started at Edge at the beginning of 2019, and uh, I had not really started my running journey then. So the, the first couple of months of getting to know Casey, you know, we, we work on a small team. There are under five of us full-time, but we were actually going into an office then. So we were spending a good amount of time together. And, you know, it's not long when you're with Casey before he uh, – you know, before you just feel his energy and you feel like you understand that he's very active and it comes out in his conversations and the way he lives his life, uh, just a very energized and inspiring lifestyle. So you're like, all right, so what is it about this guy, you know, that gives him all this energy? And then you hear how much he's actually doing and you're like, that's counterintuitive. How can working this hard, training, running, you know, living, translate to that much active energy. And so, and so it's, it's peculiar, uh, peculiar as a, you know, a distant onlooker to, to see him and then get to know what really drives that energy. And so that's kind of like a distant view of how I, I first saw him, you know, and then it mixed it with a few other things uh, talking about starting my running journey mix it with uh, listening to a couple books that Casey had kind of passed along and then, you know, it's a, a grapevine how people, you know, find content once they start. But so I listened to uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, uh, the audio book on Audible. And then right after that, I, I kind of got down the rabbit hole of Jesse Itzler, which uh, is he's been an inspiration to Casey and I. We actually got to meet him a week before last where uh, it was down at his home recording a, a video, um, his his keynote presentation for our conference at Edge. Um, so full circle been a really awesome journey, but those were kind of the impetus for me getting started mixing it with, I was, uh, relatively unhappy with myself physically. I wasn't kind of motivated or, or chasing after anything. I wasn't challenging myself. You know, I was at work professionally, but kind of personally, uh, emotionally, physically, et cetera, had kind of gone in a, a couple year lull since college. So all of that coming full circle, you know, mixing it with a, a newfound friendship in Casey, uh, the natural thing was to sign up for uh, my first mini marathon, which was May, uh, the Indianapolis, um, the mini in May, uh, you know, that runs through the speedway. So I started training for that in January. And then through uh, our friendship growing and just uh, me getting hooked, Casey, you can tell that story now, but uh, I just, I ended up signing up for more races last year and then it's just been kind of a constant upward growth since then. Uh, and our friendship has grown, uh, you know, the whole time. Oh my gosh. The, the mini marathon, Trevor's mini. So get ready. 